welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, I am delighted to have with us Rick Itzkowicz. He is a Vistage chair, entrepreneur, speaker, and author of the upcoming book, The Referral Playbook. Rick is also a member of the Forbes Coaches Council and a recognized Forbes Community Voice contributor. He's also a successful millionaire entrepreneur who creates turnkey lead-generating products to meet today's demands for tools to increase your business. He's the former CEO and business owner of two successful companies. Rick was born and raised in Mexico City and speaks five languages. He's traveled to 43 countries and currently resides in La Jolla, California. In his spare time, Rick plays on a nationally ranked tournament baseball team. Rick's going to talk to us today about how to increase sales with proven networking strategies. Rick, welcome to the Skill Bites Show. We are so delighted to have you with us today. Thanks, Judy. Good to be here. So you speak five languages. Now, I figure you must... None of them very well, but I do. <laughs> okay. So how did you learn so many languages? Well, I was born and raised in Mexico City, so uh, Spanish is my native tongue. And then uh, I started taking English lessons when I was a kid. I hated doing that. My mother forced me to do it, and I'm forever thankful to her for that and many other things. But she forced me to do that, so I learned English. Then uh, uh, I was a teenager and went you know, to uh, Switzerland one year skiing, and I met uh, a wonderful young lady that only spoke French, so I decided I needed to learn how to speak French. So I went back and started taking French lessons. And then I went to a Jewish school, so I learned Yiddish and Hebrew while going there. Wow. Very interesting. So yeah. How old were you when you moved to the States? I came to the U.S. when I went to college. So that was uh, 18, 17, 18, 1976. Okay. Yeah, I was 18. Hmm. Very good. So how did you become known as the LinkedIn guy? Rick I, the LinkedIn guy. Well, uh, I sold uh, one of my companies back in 2010, and uh, that was a company that did personal growth, personal development seminars and trainings, and uh, not knowing what I was going to do afterwards, I had been uh, uh, using LinkedIn in the company as a way to generate uh, business. Uh, back actually, it started back in 20, 2007, 2008, when uh, the Great Recession happened, and uh, I started using LinkedIn out of desperation. Um, I was a member of a networking group at that time, uh, BNI Business Network International, and uh, we overnight we lost in 2007, 2008 about. Uh, I'm going to say about 90 to 95 percent of our corporate business, wow. and it was a su substantial blow. And I needed to find ways to generate more business because 
wander otherwise. So uh, I was desperate. I was trying to do anything. Like many people, I was a member of, I had joined LinkedIn, but hadn't done anything with it. And uh, one time in my, um, uh, my networking group, one of my colleagues asked for an introduction to a particular individual whom I didn't know. But the thought occurred to me, hmm, I wonder if that person is on LinkedIn. So I went back to my office, did a search for them, found them, and found that uh, there were two people that I knew that actually were connected to this person. So I sent an email to them and said, hey, I see you're connected to this person. One of my colleagues would like to meet him. Would you be willing to facilitate an introduction? And one of them responded that, yes, they knew him. Yes, they would be willing. They facilitated the introduction, and that resulted in a huge sale for my colleague. And that's when the light bulb went on. Because, oh, my God, that's what LinkedIn is all about. So I became an advocate for that, started telling everybody about, you know, how, you know, how to use, you know, you got to use LinkedIn, you got to do this. And uh, before long, I, people start calling me with questions about LinkedIn. I hear you're a LinkedIn expert. says, no, I'm not. <laughs> but says, well, I hear that you know a lot more than I do, and can you help me? So I started fielding several of those questions you know, a day, and I said, well, I can't do that. You know, I don't have the time to do that. So I started uh, recording my answers in these little video snippets. Uh, there were you know, basically the, you know, similar questions happening all the time. So I figured, well, if I record it once, spend a couple of minutes doing that, then I can just share it with people. I won't have to spend the time. Well, the next call that I got one day was, hey, I want to buy your videos. And I didn't know that I had, you know, a product. I said, oh, maybe I have a product. And the capper for all of this was uh, I, got, I received another call one day saying, how would you like to come speak in Dubai? And I said, sure enough, that was a joke. And I said, uh, I, I ignored it, but uh, one of my uh, B&I colleagues, one of the directors in B&I said, hey, I hope you don't mind, but I gave your name to someone in the Middle East. They're looking for a speaker at one of their conferences. <laughs> so to make a long story short, I ended up going to Dubai to speak at this uh, conference on LinkedIn. I was, they needed, it was a social media conference. They needed a LinkedIn expert, so I was it. And uh, that's you know, how I said, well, maybe, you know, once I sold the company, I can do this. And going to networking events, which back then I did a lot, uh, a young lady came to me and said, hey, you know what? You ought to be known as Rick I, the LinkedIn guy. Since my last name is Itzkowich and nobody could pronounce it, I said, say, I'm Rick I. And then that's how the LinkedIn guy came about. And Rick I, the LinkedIn guy, was born out of that. Very good. That's a great story. Yeah. Now, in addition to LinkedIn, you've become quite known for your um, lead, generation, lead generation products and, um, and how you can help people convert their networking connections to actual customers. So let's start off by uh, explaining, if you can, why is there such a gap between networking and lead generation? Well, because... You know, most people are not trained how to network. In fact, uh, when they go to networking events or networking organizations, uh, they're provided with a venue. They provide it with uh, some of the tools, but they don't give people a roadmap regarding you know, how to do this. Nobody gave me one. I, everything that I learned, I learned either by trial and error. I did get some good you know, insights, some good perspectives. But in terms like an actual game plan, you know, nobody, has, nobody does that. 
Nobody's, it's not taught anywhere. And so as a result, um, most people are winging it. Uh, they're doing the best they can. They're winging it. I certainly won. But, you know, over the years, uh, I've discovered some best practices. I've tried a few things that have worked out. And as a result of that, you know, I was able to take an activity, which for most people really is a very low percentage ROI. In fact, most people who are networking, they do a lot of events. I was doing, you know, sometimes, you know, three events, two, three events a day, just trying to do in volume what I was not doing with effectiveness. And um, the problem leads to if you do that, you're going to get burnt out, you know, sooner or later. And there's only so many events. And before long, you'll start thinking, well, this networking stuff is not paying off. It's not worth it, et cetera. So uh, I developed a system. I've always been a person who looks for efficiencies. Uh, I'm busy. You know, I like to do a lot of things. And as a result of that, I have to find ways to get more in less time. You know, if you recall the story I talked about, the videos and the answers, how I decided I was going to use technology by you know, recording videos so I can do it once and use it many times. Well, that thinking uh, has led me to uh, trying to systemize processes and do things that are going to make me, you know, more and the people around me more efficient. Well, about four and a half years ago, I became, uh, I got accepted and became a, a Vistage chair. Vistage is probably the world's uh, largest CEO organizations, organization with, uh, I think now they have like 22,000 members worldwide. Uh, and uh, so as a chair or a facil group facilitator, uh, your responsibility is to fill your group. Well, when I went uh, through the selection process through Vistage, and uh, they found out that, A, I was uh, making my living at that time as you know, speaking and training LinkedIn uh, companies and individuals throughout the world. They were very curious to see if I could apply some of, those, uh, some of that methodology to building my uh, Vistage group. And um, interestingly enough, I had to uh, submit a business plan as to how I was going to fit, you know, fill my group in the instructions I was giving by my coach, because I was given a coach for, uh, they call it a launch coach to launch your group was to only put the activities that I intended to do. So I submitted it. And, uh, when I had my first uh, conversation with the coaches, Rick, we, I got your business plan. Uh, it looks good, except, uh, you don't have any cold calls. I said, well, you only said to put things I intend to do, uh, uh, and I don't intend to make any call calls. As well, if you don't, if you're not going to make any call calls, chances are you're not going to launch your group. It said, well, you know, one of my taglines as the LinkedIn guy is that once you learn how to use LinkedIn and how to network effectively, you'll never have to make a call call ever again. Said, well, yeah, that's what everybody says, but eventually they run out of people and they have to do it. So, to make a long story short. I said I would make call calls, having no intention of doing that. And um, sure enough, uh, in the process of figuring out how I was going to do it, I thought it was only going to be through LinkedIn, but it ended up being a variety of sources. Well, I never had to make a call call again. I was a, a, a call call. I was able to launch my group. Uh, 
And I actually found a system and a process that combines both LinkedIn and, and I call it off, you know, non-virtual uh, networking activities, so offline networking activities. And putting all of that together, I now have a way that you can actually scale and I can train people to basically generate leads using this process. And um, it's, it works across industries. It doesn't matter what you do. It's not rocket science. And it actually, it's a very efficient way to actually do it because many, you know, many businesses, and nowadays I've been you know, coaching CEOs, and in the last four and a half years, I've been talking to probably uh, over uh, CEOs of uh, probably over 50 uh, industries, small businesses, and many of them have the challenge of uh, lead generation. And uh, that's a, a challenge for many solopreneurs and small business owners. So um, I've been training a lot of sales teams on how to use methodologies to become more efficient and more effective by using the avenue of uh, networking as a reliable way, a scalable way to generate uh, leads. Can you give us maybe a little um, synopsis of your system? Uh, yes. Uh, the, it's, you know, the, the, the basic basis for my system is still LinkedIn. I believe as a professional today that uh, your ideal target audience is probably going to be found on LinkedIn. It's not true for every person, every business, but I would have to say at least 85 to 90% of the businesses, their ideal target audience. Now, the challenge is that nobody goes on LinkedIn to be sold to. Okay, so uh, the people make a mistake of thinking of uh, LinkedIn as a sales channel or a marketing channel when it's, where it's not. It's a relationship channel. So it's all about you know, taking uh, relationships. And how I define LinkedIn for people is that LinkedIn is the shortest offers you the shortest route from the people that you know to the people that you want to meet. So it's a great uh, platform to get personal introductions. So the, the system or the process, you know, starts out by uh, using uh, the people that you know to introduce you to the people that you want to meet. And if you uh, do this in a systematic way now, uh, years ago through uh, the BNI organization, I learned the concept of uh, giver's gain or giving before receiving. Again, I don't know that they you know, championed that, but that's where I heard it applied to business. And the whole concept that if you're willing to be of service, if you're willing to be of value to others, the principle of reciprocity is going to be triggered sooner or later, and eventually others will want to do the same for you. Well, that's one of the cornerstones of what uh, the process is. How can you systematically be of value on a one-to-many basis so that you can actually you know, plant the seeds of reciprocity so that people, when you ask them for things, will be willing to help you. And what I found is that you have to make an ask that is measurate to the level of relationship trust that you have with a person. It's kind of like uh, if a stranger stops you on the street and asks you for a favor, and the favor is something, would you mind taking a picture of me and my daughters in front of this statue, more than likely, if you're not in a rush, you will gladly comply. 
But if that same person asks you if you would be kind enough to loan them you know, $1,000 because they were stranded here, you're probably going to run as far away from them and as fast as you can. Okay, so the ask is the same. They both ask for a favor, but the level of favor is different depending on the situation and the level of relationship. What's the same thing in this process? So it's a combination of uh, asking people that you know to introduce you to people that you want to meet, uh, offering uh, value to people so that are willing to do that. Also, timing is very important, and the fact is that people uh, are not always ready to do something when you want them to do it, so you have to find a way to stay top of mind with them so that they'll think of you and remember you, so that when the time is right, they will actually remember you. And all of those, that, that's kind of like the recipe and the ingredients that go into the recipe. And then it's a matter of putting that recipe into something that works for you and or whoever's using it. Wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of information here. Yeah. Um, it actually sounds complicated, but it's not. It actually is, once you actually get the, the principles and the concepts, then it's a matter of having the tools and then putting the tools together. And there's tools for uh, different pieces of what you're trying to do. Uh, so, for example, there are some tools for staying in touch with people, staying top of mind, staying relevant uh, with people that allow you to, in a systematic and really time-efficient way, be you know, part of uh, somebody's consciousness so that when the timing is right, they're doing that. There's follow-up uh, pieces in place that you do so that uh, you are likely to be considered when that person is ready to either refer you and or do business with you. So having uh, it's an analogy that I use is uh, I play golf and it's having a golf bag with golf bag, you carry 13 clubs, and each one of the clubs that you carry is designed for a different situation in the golf course. You don't use the same club for every shot. Well, it's the same thing here. You have multiple uh, tools or multiple clubs, and you use them in different situations. And then once you have the club, then you can actually be trained on how to play, and then when you do that, you can actually get some results. Funny you mentioned the golf. I don't know if you've ever played with um, fewer than 13 clubs, but sometimes when I go out and walk a course, I'll just take four or five clubs, and surprisingly, I score about the same. Yep, I have, and that's very true. And the fact is, unless you're a professional, there's a good chance that you're not proficient with all of the 13 clubs. So if you actually become very proficient at you know a couple of them, and I think the statistics are that the driver and the putter uh, if, if you become very proficient with those two, that's where 70 or 80% of the strokes in golf get lost. So there is something to be said about less is better than more. Right. Well, uh, and on that note, I know that you're a huge fan of technology. I would love it if you could share maybe the top three or four tools that you use. Well, I have to say that I'm a huge fan of technology when it works. <laughs> I get very frustrated when it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but, you know, in terms of my tools, you know, technology, um, yes, uh, there's, 
Uh, one of the tools that I, I, I mentioned, uh, LinkedIn, I have. That's you know a tool that I use quite a bit. There's another tool called Active Words. In that, uh, it's a it's a program that allows you to. Uh, it's a macro. I think it's the technical term for uh, computers. But with one or two keystrokes, you can actually put together a string uh, of uh, letters. You, you can. You can type the letter, you know, uh, gift, and then on that, uh, uh, a whole template, you know, of as long as you want it can you know, be written. So, for example, when I accept an invitation to someone who invited me on LinkedIn, or when I send something to someone and they accept mine, I always follow up with a message. And this message is a relatively long message that I send to people, uh, thanking them for being my connection, and I offer them a gift. Uh, in the message, and I do that by typing a couple of keywords in my computer, and that allows me to spend a couple of seconds instead of what it would take me three, four, five minutes per. So that's a tool that I really enjoy quite a bit. Um, there's another tool that I use, uh, and this is one of the tools for uh, visibility so that uh, people will think of me and remind me. And also, I use it as one of the strategies with LinkedIn. It's called uh, Quote Actions. I mentioned that every person that um, sends me an invitation to connect on LinkedIn and I accept, or I send one to them and they accept, will receive a message from me. And it's virtually the same message uh, that they have. And in the message, I position myself. The message is along the lines of, you know, thank you for accepting my connection if I sent it, or thank you for inviting me to connect. Now that we're connected here on LinkedIn, I look forward to getting to know you a little bit better and find ways for us to help each other out. I believe strongly in giving before receiving, and in that spirit, I'd like to offer you a gift. And um, so I give them a gift, and this gift is uh, a gift to receive inspirational and motivational messages that come, quotes, inspirational, motivational quotes, and an action connected to them. It's uh, something called quote actions. And it's a fabulous tool because many people accept it. I would say about 10% of the people that I sent this message to accept it. And once they do, they will now receive automatically an inspirational or motivational quote at the frequency they select, uh, either once a week, twice a week, or uh, some people select every day. And uh, that, um, uh, that message contains all of my... Uh, information. It has an image of me, it has my uh, email, my phone number, and it goes into people's inboxes without me ever having to do anything other than that initial invite and in asking people to opt in. As a result of that, by the way, I now go to events and people, people that I really don't remember, but people come to me and say, oh, and so I go, nice to meet you. He says, oh, Rick, we met such, you know, somewhere else. And by the way, I've been receiving your quotes for the last you know, two years, and I love them. So interestingly enough, these people have been thinking about me for two years when I couldn't even remember who they were. All right. So um, it's, it's a tool for um, uh, just visibility that I really enjoy. There's another uh, tool that I did, uh, became aware of last year, it's uh, a platform, platform called refer.com. And uh, what, they've, what they've done with that platform, which is really great, is they've taken the concept of uh, LinkedIn 
as well as some of the uh, off, uh, offline groups, uh, groups like uh, Chambers and uh, BNIs, et cetera, and brought a community together online. Well, this platform also found a, um, what, what do you call it? I forgot the word. But they have a tool that allows you to um, scour the Internet and search the Internet for particular information that is related to keywords. So let's say that I know that you're into golf. You mentioned to me that you play golf, and I now know. So I can, in your record, in that platform, I can put the keyword golf. And I can now click on your name, click on this link, and it will find me videos and articles on golf that I can now send to you, saying, hey, Judy, I was thinking of you. I saw this article. Please enjoy. All right? wow. And it saves me a tremendous amount of time of sending people relevant information to them. A lot of it is non-business related information, which allows me to build my relationship, offer uh, something of value to people. Uh, people think, you know, realize that I care about them because I'm going out of my way to send things that are relevant to them. And I'm using technology as a way to let me uh, a term that I coined is called mass personalized, which is an oxymoron, but it is a way to personalize information on a mass level. Very cool. Very good. Yeah, that sounds like a really good one to for people to join. Yes, and by the way, I you know the, the book that you know I uh, that I've almost finished writing that you've been kind enough to help me, you know, uh, publish it and edit and all that, and you've done a great job, has all of these tools that I've used, and um, some of them I've developed myself because I couldn't find that to become more efficient and more productive when it comes to networking. Right, and so if anybody on the call wants to get a copy of that book when it comes out, then they should reach out to either Rick or myself, and uh, we'll make sure that you're notified when the book comes out. Yeah, actually, you know, what, you know, not, I was going to cover this at the end, but you know, since you brought it up now, I can do it now, and I can do it at the end of when, if you think so. But I created a uh, a link that people can go to to be, you know, uh, to sign up for my, my inner circle is what I'm calling it. And uh, it allows people to just be notified uh, when the book is going to go. It, it's going to be live and it's going to be available. And one of the things that I'm doing also for anybody who does that on the call is that uh, I will, they will also get a free copy on my How to Monetize LinkedIn in 10 Minutes Per Day guide if they do that. So uh, I can mention the link now if you okay, want to. Sure. Uh, you can post it. You tell me what would be best. It now, and then we'll also uh, provide it at the end. Okay. It's uh, the the link is uh, it's a it's a shortened URL, and it's uh, ntwrk, so network without the e and the o, without the values. So network dot biz forward slash skillbytes, which is uh, your company. That's skillbytes plural, all one word. So ntwrk.biz, a network without the vowels, .biz, forward slash skill bytes. Okay. 
Excellent. Sounds good. So if you go to that link, ntwrk.biz slash skillbytes, you'll get notified when Rick's book comes out and you'll get his ebook on monetizing LinkedIn in 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. So in that um, ebook that you just mentioned, you suggest that people post a couple status updates every week on LinkedIn. Can you give us some examples on what a good status update looks like? Yes. Um, remember, people on LinkedIn uh, are not going there to be sold. So if you become very salesy on LinkedIn, people are going to tune you out. But people certainly will value something that is going to be of help to them. So uh, if you have a target audience uh, on LinkedIn, for instance, my target audience on LinkedIn are CEOs of small businesses. And so uh, posting information to uh, links, to articles, videos, information that is uh, relevant to them. Uh, If you don't write them yourself, that's fine. You don't have to write them yourself, but if you do write them yourself and it's relevant to them, it starts positioning yourself as an expert. So, uh, in, uh, so posts that actually help elevate your status as an expert that gives you credibility. Uh, the activities on uh, on LinkedIn really should be uh, into two general on uh, the po- two general um, areas, either to increase your credibility your trust, your expertise, or the expertise, credibility of people in your network. So that's one area. And the other one is to generate goodwill, to uh, add value. Uh, So while you're thinking about, you know, posting is what would generate goodwill, what would position myself as an expert, et cetera. And I'll give you an example of one that actually was able to accomplish both. Um, for you know this uh, show today, I, I I did a post on LinkedIn uh, saying that I was going to be featured, you know, uh, in this show interviewed by you. So I was doing two things: the fact that I was going to be interviewed that positions me as someone who has some credibility, but two, I mentioned you and your company, so I'm now creating goodwill for you by promoting your company. So I was able to accomplish you know, both of those in one post. I did something similar years ago when I was about to go into a presentation for a large organization of insurance agents. Uh, it was called Alcahu. And I said a post that uh, I had just finished um, 15 presentations in 15 days and I, I was about to go into one with over, you know, a thousand agents, and what was I thinking? Okay, so it was a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, uh, saying, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm working too much," but I was conveying that I had done 15 presentations in different uh, countries over 15 days, which meant I was in demand. But I was also plugging the company, the organization Okahu, as a way of giving them some exposure. So those are a couple of examples of doing it in a way that positions you as an expert, elevates your credibility, and also generates goodwill with other people. 
So if you are not writing the post yourself, how do you go about posting something that somebody else has written? Um, you can either give them attribution or sometimes just posting links to articles that are useful. You can actually do it. Uh, one of the things that's great on LinkedIn is if you post the link, uh, if you if you type the link to where the article, video, etc., is located, LinkedIn will automatically just uh, use that link and create a little bit of a, uh, a snapshot image if you have that, as well as a synopsis, and that's as simple as that. And I seem to remember that there's a tool that can help you find those articles and videos. Yep, you can actually do that. That was in refer.com. They, if, if you subscribe to their uh, premium model, they do have this, and you can actually do a search for, you know, particular topics. And so let's say you want to position yourself as an expert on leadership. I can type in leadership, and I can get a whole bunch of, you know, uh, resources that I can now post if I wanted to on LinkedIn. Right. There's the one in refer.com. But there, there are others out there that... that oh, yeah. Be. I'm sure if you Google it, you can actually do this. Uh-huh. So, uh, there's, no, no, there's no lack of information out there. The biggest challenge is becoming more of a curator. So, if you can position yourself as a curator of information so that you post stuff that is really good, then people will start seeing you as an expert and as the go-to person for information. And that, by the way, position is the same position you can look to attain so that um, when you're networking, if, for example, I, I want to be the person of choice that when people need anything in my tribe, in my circle, they reach out to me. So if they're looking for a publisher, if they're looking for an attorney, if they're looking for whatever, that they go to me because every time that somebody comes to me with a request for something like that and I connect them, I'm generating goodwill with that person. I'm generating with goodwill with the person that I actually connected to, and I'm becoming a person that people want to know me. People want to be part of me because they know that I can help them. And once you, you know, become that... You know, have that position in people's minds, uh, people will go out of their way to help you when you when you need them to. Right. It's your own mindset that you need to have to be giving more than receiving to look for ways to provide value so that people do want to come to you for whatever advice they're seeking. Exactly. Uh, one of the organi- organizations I joined a few years ago and I'm going, it was, you know, provisors. And the reason I, I joined that was not necessarily for the business I was going to get, but uh, I wanted to bring more resources to my CEO members. And so I joined and I went and I networked for the purpose of finding more people and more resources I can bring to my members. And in the process, not only have I strengthened the relationship with my members in my CEO group, but uh, many of the people that you know, I brought in, I refer now, also have referred you know, people to me because of the reciprocity principle. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, um, tell us a little bit more about your book. What else do you cover in the referral playbook? Well, it's a, it's a playbook. And 
what that means, think of it as a recipe on what to do. I was thinking, okay, if I wanted to clone myself, I wanted to duplicate and train somebody, you know, what would I tell them? What would they need to do? And that's, in essence, how uh, I ended up uh, writing the book. It's like a training manual for people to, uh, to be trained and go be successful at uh, networking. So it has uh, four different sections. In, uh, it's about you know, uh, understanding how to set goals for uh, your networking, how to reverse engineer those goals, uh, what are some of the tools that you need, to actually be successful, um, uh, the mindset that you need to have uh, so that you can uh, succeed at networking. And it really has examples, a step-by-step process on how to create a plan that works for you and or your team, Uh, the various tools, uh, more tools than uh, you probably will need, but it gives you an assortment of tools to be able to, to actually have that. And more importantly, uh, it's, it's an action. Uh, it's designed to be an actionable book as opposed to just something that you get more information. It's to, when, when you finish, if you actually, and it's a very short read. It should take you, you know, no more than an hour to read the whole book if you wanted to do it all in one sitting. But it has templates, it has uh, different things that you can use so that you will have a document in a process to immediately start getting a lot more out of your networking. And anybody, whether even if you think you're an effective networker, you can still benefit from reading the book because it's always good to refresh your recollection of some of these ways to network, and there may be something in there that you're not doing that you ought to be able to pick up pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's also about streamlining because you may be doing many things that I that you don't need to do. So I tell people you're gonna you're gonna save a lot of time by reading this book when it comes to networking. You're gonna probably be able to. Uh, lessen your efforts that you spend actually networking uh, by, it, it's like the old saying, uh, I think it was Lincoln that says that if I had you know, eight hours to bring down a tree or to chop it down, I would spend uh, six of them sharpening the ax. Okay, so uh, basically what this is is a, a way for you to sharpen your ax, even if you're already very good at doing that. And uh, interesting that you mentioned that, Judy, but uh, uh, the, the foreword uh, for the book was uh, written by Dr. Ivan Meisner, who is the founder of um, uh, BNI, and he probably knows a lot about networking. So he wrote that, and he mentioned a couple of things in there to that respect. And several other people that are very well known in the industry, I send them for them to review, and they all, you know, validated what you said that even though they've done it, there's a lot of good things either they have forgotten. Uh, they're not using, and/or that they wish they would have known that it would have saved them countless of you know of hours. Yeah, it's it's very worthwhile. I definitely recommend it to people. Thank you. Yeah, um, you had talked about networking being more than just card collecting in one of your uh, Forbes business articles. 
um, and you're suggesting a paradigm shift. Can you elaborate more on that? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, the, the typical person going to networking events, there was a term I heard about this years ago that I liked. They're like a Las Vegas dealer. They basically have, walk in with a stack of cards in their hands, and they're actually dealing them out as they meet. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. And or what they do is they say, uh, can I have your card? Can I have your card? Can I have your card? And um, by the way, I used to be one of those people. So um, before I knew uh, that this wasn't the most effective way to do that, uh, and what happens, I ended up with stacks of cards in my desk and stack of cards, you know, that I never did anything with them. And when I speak in front of audiences, people laugh and they go, yep, yeah, I ask for a show of hands how many people do or have done that, and just about every hand goes up. Uh, so the, the mindset, again, if, if you go to networking and you go there for the purpose of meeting people that you can introduce to other people as opposed to going in there for just what you're going to get. I mean, it takes, number one, all the pressure out of you. Uh, you become like a host where you start introducing people to one another. Uh, uh, if you meet a couple of people that you can introduce to someone or vice versa, that's a worthwhile event. And um, instead of you know collecting the cards, anybody that you want to uh, have a, a relationship with or to pursue that or start connecting or whatever it is, you can actually immediately invite them through LinkedIn and uh, see who responds. Uh, the ones that respond obviously would want to be connected with you. So if they do respond and they do accept, you can start from that. Uh, but you don't have to now get their cards and just start accumulating them and uh, just leaving them and do nothing or worse yet, add them to a database and start spamming them. So uh, the, the, the mindset is going from uh, just volume, just really being more targeted and being of more service. So uh, if you go to an event and with the purpose of meeting one person that you can introduce to someone in your network, add another uh, person to your uh, uh, database of people that are valuable people to introduce that you can have whenever people need it. Uh, if you do that at every event before long, uh, you'll be doing quite well when it comes to generating uh, referrals, because if you practice the principles of uh, reciprocity and adding value uh, and you're proactive and you have a strategy, there's a time to, to ask for people, okay, and that they're likely to do. And I'll, I'll share with you another story that, you know, I discovered totally by accident. Uh, when I was launching my Vistage group, and I was very excited about this. I was going to go, I went in, my plan was to go to my um, BNI group. And I had been in this group for many years. I had, uh, I had developed a very strong reputation as someone who was not only an expert, but they gave, and there were a lot of people that I had given business that uh, were in a position to reciprocate with me. And uh, so I was very excited. I made the announcement. People you know, said, great, that's great. In fact, I thought I would make it very easy for them. I composed an email for them. says, here's an email I'll send to you. And if you wouldn't mind sending it to those people that you would think would be a good fit for me, it would be great. 
Well, the following week, I came back to the meeting, and I got nobody who had done that. And I was really, A, upset first, but really more wondering what happened. Okay, and um, later, later that week, I actually had a meeting with one of the members, and we were having a meeting, and we finished what we were doing, and then I asked them, you know, remember that I asked for this, you know, introduction to people, and I thought that you might know some people, and she apologizes, Rick, I am so sorry, I totally forgot about it. And, um, but we were right there, uh, and I had my laptop with me, we were at a coffee shop, and I remember asking her, hey, do you mind if we actually do a search on LinkedIn right now for some CEO that you might be connected and see if anybody, and we did, and I had the message that I had sent to her, and she was able to send that message to seven different people right then and there, and that's when I realized, not that people don't want to help you, but you're not a priority for them. People have other things. And there are effective ways and there's things. And if you make it really easy for people and you find the right time where people are going to be open and willing to do that, you're going to get many more results than if you just, you know, do it willy-nilly without a particular strategy. And I have found that since then to be true because not only I did that, but I did it with other people. And believe it or not, uh, using this practice, this methodology, I was able to get about 215 introductions. Uh, if I recall correctly, I did this um, process uh, with about 43 people, and uh, that's how I ended up getting uh, people to an event that I did for my group. And um, I reverse engineered that, and I was able to get the volume and the people that I needed to be able to do that. Well, talking about reverse engineering, you, one of the concepts that you teach is reverse engineering your sales goals and uh -huh. systematically connecting them to activities. Um, tell us how you do that. Well, I'll tell you yeah, this example that I did. I found out, for example, uh, the numbers, it, it starts out, you can start out with what is the goal. So I, I mentioned when I was uh, with Vistage and I needed to fill my group uh, with my coach, we reverse engineer it. And the first process was we had an event. We had a launch event. And the launch event was a live event that was going to be taking place three or four months down the road. And uh, the goal was to have 20 qualified CEOs, small business CEOs in attendance at that event. So uh, I fig you know, they figured that in order to do that, I needed to have something like 40 people who had RSVP to be at that event, so that half of those would show up. Well, in order to have 40 people RSVP, I needed to contact, you know, more than 40 people. Well, I didn't have these numbers, but I later on found out that it took about five people for me to talk to before I ended up with one person who said yes. So if I needed to have 40 people, RSVP, I needed to talk to 200 people. So I would have 40, so I would have 20. And because uh, the numbers, and Vistage did keep these numbers, was that if I got you know, uh, uh, 20 people at the event, there was a good possibility that 40% of them would sign up to become members. 
So that was eight, mem- eight people, and eight people is enough to, to launch your group. So the reverse engineering goals were I set a goal that I needed to have 200 conversations with uh, CEOs so that I would end up with 40 people who would RSVP so that I would have 20 people show up so I would have eight people sign up. So that's an example of reverse engineering your goals. And you can do that per event. So if you find out how many referrals you want or you need to meet your goals, and then you do uh, some, uh, and at first you may need to guess um, what the numbers are, but later on, and what I tell people when they're starting the process, a guess is better than nothing. An educated guess is better than a guess. Having some data is better than an educated guess, and having some data over time is better than just having data. So you start out with what you got, and then you put it together, and then you just do the numbers. It's all math afterwards. And it's not that difficult math. No, it's not. People who don't like math don't have to be too scared of it. No, they don't. It's, it's not that difficult. And you can do it that way, or you can do it um, based on your financial goals. If you have the math and the number as to how many sales do you need to make and what's the average sale and what's the total revenue that you want to make, you can actually do it that way. And by once you start looking at it, you find out whether your business plan or your plan of action is something that is even doable or not, or you're going to have to find another way. Because if you, need, if you find out you need 350 you know, referrals to do that and your universe is only 200 people, then you're in trouble. So th- this process also helps you see if you need to do a strategic about face regarding how you're going to go about uh, meeting your goals. Most people, all they do is they just, if they need more referrals, they just increase the, the amount of hours that they spend trying to get referrals, which is not a very efficient way of doing it because eventually you're going to be spending way too many hours or you're going to run out of hours in a week for you to do that. Very good. Well, we've certainly covered an awful lot of ground so far uh, in this interview. We're coming to the end of the hour, so I wanted to ask you if you could perhaps give a summary or uh, some of the key takeaways that you want to make sure that listeners remember from this interview. Sure. First thing is that um, for most people, they don't believe that referrals are predictable. And I would challenge that note of view that you can make it so that you get more predictable referrals. And uh, if you actually do some of the things that I talked about. So uh, I I think referrals for many salespeople and many small business owners are the best way for them to uh, grow their businesses. And if you can actually find a process or a methodology that will lead to uh, ways that they're predictable, that's huge. Because in business, the value of a business goes up exponentially if you find a predictable, repeatable way that you can do lead generation. So that's one thing. The other one is that you do need to use technology uh, in the proper ways. Most people, uh, I mean, technology, either they use it all the time and they can say, well, social media, uh, I'm using, you know, I need to use social media, I need to use LinkedIn, but they're not using it properly. 
it's a tool. It's not the end all be all. It's a tool. So it, it, there needs to be a place for it, but there needs to be a place strategically that has some tactical components to it to make it work. You also need to um, remember that people will buy when they're ready to buy, not when you are ready for them to buy from you. Uh, and the same thing in uh, the referral process is that many people will refer uh, more business to you if you make it easy for them and they think of you to refer you. So think about what are you doing to make it easy for people to refer you and what are you doing so that people will think of you more frequently so that when the right referral comes up, they will be thinking of you. So those, if, if you actually start thinking along those lines and you put together processes and systems to help you achieve that, uh, you will see an exponential growth in the amount of referrals you're getting while working a lot less than you currently are and spending a lot fewer hours. Because that's the other thing people say. I don't have any time. People are very busy, yes, but they are busy oftentimes doing things that are of low value and they're more in the tactical doing this rather than the strategic. So sharpening the axe and spending some time and giving some thought and getting some tools, sharpening the axe will allow you to bring down that tree a lot uh, faster in the long run as well as a lot more efficiently. Great. And let's just uh, go over again the link to your inner circle for people to get notice of your book and uh, when it's when it's coming out, as well as to get your ebook on LinkedIn in ten minutes a day. Okay, it's uh, network that biz. That's n t w r k. So network without the vowels. Dot biz forward slash scalebyte. Scalebyte is all one word, and it's plural at the end. Network that biz forward slash scalebyte. Also, if you listen to this and we're not yet connected on LinkedIn, send me an invitation to connect. Just say that you uh, heard the interview on Skillbyte. And what you will do if you do that is you will see the message that I send to everybody once I'm connected on LinkedIn, and you can see what goes into it uh, and then the mindset and the pieces that I talked about, how they're incorporated into that message. Great. And is that also the link that you provided a good way for people to get in touch with you, or is there a better way for them to do that? Yeah, through LinkedIn, people can get in touch with me, or they can uh, send me an email. My email is uh, rick at ricketskowich, like my name, dot com. Or you can also use the LinkedIn guy at gmail.com. That email gets to me as well. Okay, very good. Well, Rick, thank you so much for being on the show. We've learned so many valuable tips from you, and we really appreciate your, the time that you put into sharing those with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this topic, and I'd like, you know, not, nothing gives me more pleasure when people say to me that they've used a couple of things that I share with them they did, and it's made a difference. It's right. the emotional Passion. dollars that really are wonderful. Yeah, you're
you're you're not only passionate, but you really are an expert. Well, thank you. Wanted to let everybody know that our show next month is going to be on April 18th from 1 to 2 Eastern or 10 to 11 Pacific. Our guest will be Kathleen Fillmore, who's the owner of Speakers Gold and a top marketing consultant to professional speakers. Her clients include owners of global businesses, New York Times bestselling authors, and speakers in the Hall of Fame. Kathleen is the founder and past president of the Atlantic branch of the Canadian Association for Professional Speakers, and she has written five books as well as hundreds of articles for North American trade magazines. She's going to speak on how to get professional speaking engagement and how to do well in this fascinating field. So stay tuned on April 18th from 1 to 2 Eastern if you're interested in becoming a paid professional speaker. Thanks, everybody. 